What is going on everyone? Welcome to the Dynasty Pod and today we are going to be wrapping up our player evaluations. We're going to be looking at the tight ends and uh, it's great. We're, we're almost done with our evaluations, Sam, and we're, we're getting close to that combine. So getting more excited. Oh yeah. And uh, can't wait. This is this has been real fun so far. Getting getting to go in deep on these guys and kind of kind of see see where we stand. We've been different on some players. You know, we've been pretty close. You know, been very far apart from some consensus in terms of the overall fantasy community. So that's kind of interesting. You know, we'll we'll be able to look back on this next year and and see where we went wrong and where we went right and, and yeah. how we can improve. So just been a, a very fun process to kind of start through, you know. But that being said, unless you want to add anything. Yeah, I was going to just say, you know, and, and these are obviously just our initial evaluations. You know, once the combine hits, obviously, that's probably going to change our evaluations of some of these players. Once we get kind of a, a, a little bit more of an idea of what kind of draft capital they're going to get as we get the box coming out after the combine. It'll be interesting, you know, and then obviously post-draft, you know, once we have landing spots, we're going to have to kind of do a lot of mocks and, and kind of a reset of our rankings after that, too, now that we once we have landing spots. So this is going to be a ongoing process. So we hope you guys just keep tuning in, you know, both on YouTube and on the podcast feed, because we're going to be continuing to talk about this all, all offseason. Yeah. And that's another good preface for this episode is when this drops, uh, we'll probably be into day one or two of the combine. So we're doing this before we get anything on these players, any of the measurements or, you know, any of the drills that they're doing. But uh, after this episode, we, we will be doing a combine recap. And mm -hmm. in that episode, we'll be doing all of the players that kind of rise and fall through our rankings as we update them. So our, our rankings are gonna be changing, you know, all the way up until the draft. So we'll we'll keep you guys up to date on that too, because we always want you guys to have the, the freshest information that, that we've got. So, but with that now being said, let's jump into our top six tight ends of this class here. Consensus top six, and we'll start with our number six guy, Sam Laporta. Who is also tied? He's tied with Darnell Washington. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about Sam Laporta here first. I've got him at five. You've got him at six. So, why why are why are you a little bit lower on him, Sam? Why is he your six? He's just on. Yeah, your I mean Laporta. Obviously, I mean so he's he's six foot four, two fifty, coming out of Iowa. Iowa obviously has. A great history of tight ends. A great history of solid blocking tight ends. But really, if you go and look at Laporta's tape, I don't see somebody who... I, I see a willing blocker, but not really something somebody who's excelling at blocking. Uh, which, you know, we've talked about it on past podcasts, I think. But blocking is really critical to being an NFL tight end. It's part of how you get on the field. Um, though, obviously, you want to see the pass-catching ability as well. Also, don't see um, really an athlete that jumps off the charts. And he's pretty old. You know, he played all the way through his senior year at Iowa. He's Iowa's all-time reception leader at tight end because he stayed there so long. So he's not an early declare. Um, 
You, but the things that make Sam Laporta great, the reason he's in our consensus top six, at least for me, is really kind of the intangibles. It's the mentality, his, his, the way he handles himself, his competitiveness, the guy he's going to be in a locker room. I mean, this is like one of those really just franchise cornerstone type guys from a personality perspective and character perspective. Like, And so I think he's absolutely going to be drafted. I think he's going to play in the NFL a long time. I just don't know if he's going to be a fantasy like contributor, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and that that's pretty fair because I agree with all the the intangible stuff you're talking about. Um, I think overall he's a, a solid player with not a whole lot of glaring weaknesses. But I think <laughs> in terms of the downsides to him, you know, I don't really see any flashes. I don't see anything that right that's that makes you excited, no big plays, no no real potential. So I think he's, I don't want to say high floor, low ceiling, because I don't think the floor is necessarily even that high. But I, I think he's going to be a, a fairly decent, maybe tight end two for some team. Like you said, could could play in the NFL for a, a pretty long time, bounce around team to team, or, or just kind of carve his way, roll in, into a team mm-hmm. as a tight end two. But but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of bordering on that five six uh, with you. Um, the combine for these tight ends is kind of going to matter a lot to me in terms of seeing how fast they are and and you know what they weigh in and, and their heights and stuff. So, I mean, the relative athletic score, which is you know a, yeah. uh, that's a, something that we'll get post combine, right? Because that's typically we want to use combine uh, measurements for that is something that's really, really predictive for tight ends. Like, we really want to see a high athletic ability. Um, so, yeah, so obviously combine's going to matter a lot for these guys. And, Sam, to anyone who doesn't know what relative athletic score is, you want to just give them a quick rundown on on what that is? Sure. I mean, I, I don't know exactly everything that goes into it. Maybe I could pull it up. But it's really, it's like a, it's a way to kind of combine a lot of the things that are, that are measured at the combine, um, kind of put them all into a single score. Here, I'm, I'm pulling it up now just so I can have the formula for you guys. Yeah, so I'll, I'll um, give an example while you're pulling that up. And yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So you're going to have a guy like Darnell Washington who comes in here weighing around 270 to 280 pounds, and he's six foot seven, just an absolute behemoth. If he runs somewhere near a 4'6-ish, which is where some people are saying he could run, 4'6", 4'7", and then you have a running back who comes out who's about 220 pounds, 5'10", and he runs about a 4'5", 4'6", you know, even though he has a faster time, he's a lot smaller. So it's kind of like averaging the the scores and, and really showing you how fast they are compared to other people of their size. That's right. It's it's compared to other people at, their, at that position. So if you have a 10, that means you're the most athletic player who's yeah. ever been measured at that position, you know? And so that's that's what is from zero to 10. That's what the grading is on. It's, it's comparing to other players at your position. But yeah, like you said, height, weight, vertical, broad jump, you know, 40 yard dash, stuff like that, you know, is what goes into it. So um, yeah, it, it's, and so it can be something, I, I, I have found it to be very valuable for tight ends in particular. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, so I kind of want to see this because right now I've got him at five. 
Uh, one of the guys, the guy I have at six uh, is Davis Allen, who we're not going to talk about on this episode, but stay tuned for the sleepers. Um, I just haven't gotten to enough film on him. I started watching him earlier today before we recorded, and I really liked what I saw in limited spurts. Uh, so very excited to see if he tests pretty well at the combine. Um, but yeah, Sam Laporta, I think is just going to be a, a, a okay player. And I think he's going to get decent draft capital from all the mocks I've been seeing. And he's going to go probably day two. Yeah. So I think just the draft capital alone. could. I think be... probably like third round. Yeah. yeah. So, but now let's talk about our other tight end that we have here in the same range. And that's Darnell Washington. And then I've got him at seven. You have him at four. And I think I, I kind of just got to explain off the bat here because I really do like Darnell Washington as a player. And the only reason why I have him at seven here is because I am so concerned of the fact that he is 6'7", 270 is his listed weight that I've seen on some uh, sites so far. And he is an unbelievable blocker. He's hands down the best blocker in this class. And that just gives me a little bit of pause because, you know, is a team going to take him for his blocking prowess and he won't see nearly any passing game, you know, like very limited amounts of passing game. We saw this at a Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame a couple years ago, went to the Panthers, yeah. great blocker, uh, was used in the blocking game a lot, barely saw any of the passing game, and he's just, he's not a viable fantasy option. So obviously... Darnell Washington is a freak specimen. You know, if he if he can run a 4-6 in the combine, and, you know, I think he is hmm. a good pass catcher. You know, he's got solid hands. Um, I, I really want to see Darnell Washington succeed in the NFL because I think it would be really fun. But he is – he's not really the prototypical size of what you see in, like, a, a elite tight end, you know. Guys like Kelsey – uh, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, they're around 6'5", 6'6", 250. You know, he's, you know, one to two inches above that and, and about 20 pounds heavier. So that's the reason why I have him at seven, but I do like the player. I think he's going to be an incredible NFL player, but just yeah. for fantasy, it's a big question mark for me. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I mean, you talked about his blocking. I think even what you're saying might even be an understatement. I think he might be one of the best blocking tight ends that we've ever seen honestly yeah. i mean he he is that good he's an absolute weapon in the run blocking game and the thing is it's like you said he's going to be used that way i think he's going to be drafted by a team that needs an improvement in the run blocking scheme more than as a as a pass catching tight end he didn't break out as a receiver also until this year now you might say that's because he was behind probably best overall tight end that we've seen in a really long you know at least since Kyle Pitts and Brock Bowers but uh but still late breakout uh I think he does have good hands and body control but he doesn't have explosiveness or twitch as a route runner he's very lumbering you know obviously because he's a big guy he's huge yeah. six foot seven 280 um so if he succeeds in the NFL it's probably going to be because he's on the field as a blocker which he, he I do I'm very confident he will succeed at as a blocker yeah but it's does he get used as a red zone weapon as well because of his size um but he's not going to be used as a pass catching weapon he's not going to be that move tight end that you build the offense around you know he's not going to be uh you know because george kittle is a very good blocker 
but I mm-hmm. don't think that he's going to be used nearly as much uh, like the weapon that George Kittle is used like. Um, so, yeah, so I agree with you. I think it's even possible he gets drafted onto a team that already has a pass-catching tight end. I would not be surprised by that. You know, if he gets drafted by, like, Atlanta, you know, and they have Kyle Pitts and Darnell Washington, yeah. and then Darnell Washington plays more of the blocking tight end role on that team, right? Uh, especially a team like Atlanta that is run heavy and wants, you know, to want, would love to have a sixth O-lineman so they can really build that run game. Um, anyways, so I wouldn't be surprised by that. That's why I have him ranked a little bit lower. The reason I have him high at four is just because his ability as a blocker is so special that he's absolutely going to be on the field. You know, so there's obviously potential ceiling of him being a big red zone weapon at least. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so now our number four guy, maybe a little bit of surprise to some people who are, are checking out mock drafts and, and seeing this guy go late first and then maybe even ahead of who we think is the number one right. tight end, and that's right. Dalton Kincaid here. He's coming in as our number four tight end, and I've got him at three. You've got him at five. So you're a little bit lower on Kincaid in comparison to to the rest of the fantasy community. So why is that, Sam? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I... Uh, this is probably one of the rankings I struggled with the most because you're right in that the fantasy community does have him higher. But honestly, after watching his tape and evaluating some of these other prospects, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that he's being mocked higher mostly because he's just he was a little bit more visible as a prospect than some of these other guys playing at Utah, a team that was very good last year that played some big games. You know, he one of his best games was against USC in the Pac-12 championship. So I think he has kind of more publicity in that way, which has led to him going higher in mocks. But honestly, when I compare him to some of these other prospects, I, I just don't see anything special compared to the other guys other than really his hands. I do think he's probably the has the best hands in this class. And he has good route running ability. He's got good speed, good body control. Oh, I mean, he's very, I would say, very good tight end. I'd be happy to have Dalton Kincaid. But, um, I, you know, he's 6'4", 240, so he's a little bit light for his size. He's a little bit lanky for a tight end. He's pretty old, honestly. He played uh, at Juco before going to Utah. He's going to be coming into the NFL at 24. Mm-hmm. A little bit older than I would like for a prospect. Um, you know... I, I think I just worry that he's he's really going to be pigeonholed as, you know, hey, this, here's a great pass catcher, but then he's not able to stay on the field because of blocking. Because I think you and I talked about this before the podcast. His blocking is yeah. definitely the worst out of the tight ends I evaluated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a little bit of that is he, he is relatively new to the tight end position. I think he kind of learned it in JUCO and then, and then came to Utah. So I think there's obviously some potential for him to learn more there. But to me, he projects to somebody like uh, an Evan Ingram, right? Who's really only a pass catcher. And Evan Ingram has had very good years when he's used the right way. But then he also, I think, struggles to stay on the field. And when he hasn't been, uh, and when he hasn't been succeeding as a pass catcher, you know, he's had really bad years. Yeah. So that's kind of the that's what I would see at a Dalton Kincaid. You know, some years he might be good if he's used in the right scheme. But he's going to have trouble staying on the field as a blocker. So 
and he's you know and his team's going to get frustrated with him as a blocker. I think you see that with Evan Ingram when he was with the Giants. So yeah, and obviously you know you don't get fantasy points for blocking, but uh, like what you said, if if he can't stay on the field because he he really is. I I mean when I watched him, he's just a lazy blocker. You know I think he's very poor at it. It's he doesn't put a lot of effort in just from what I've seen on tape. Um, it, but that also in part maybe just because he's a little bit of a smaller guy. That's another knock I have. Yeah, he on is. Him. He is relatively small. He's six four, two forty. So once again, a little bit under that kind of prototypical size. Um, we'll see what he exactly measures in at at the combine. But and and yeah. you said he he is raw. He's he's only been playing football since his senior year of high school. So, That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I I do think that he's very good. Um, after the catch, you know, he can make people miss. I think his college production is pretty steady, you know, 800-yard seasons, and, and his hands are really good. So mm-hmm. the reason maybe I didn't, you know, like him as much when I was watching him on film, but it's still hard. If he's going to get that first round, late first, early second capital that some people are projecting, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of – turn him over as opposed to some of these other guys like a Luke Musgrave or a Sam Laporta, you know? Sure. So, but, but we'll have to see where, where all that kind of shakes out. But for now it's, I've got Kincaid right in the middle there just because of, because of the draft capital he's getting. But overall, I think a a decent prospect, but not as, not as good as some people are kind of raving about right now, Sam. So I I agree with you there. Yeah. I, I think it's more kind of where I'm landing on it is, probably where he's going to be going like in rookie drafts i'm not going to be wanting to pay that price you know because i i i would expect based on the hype around him he's probably going to be like a second round guy in rookie drafts yeah and the next two guys we're going to talk about i would just much rather have one of them in the third than kincaid in the second yeah yeah I think you know a, and, yeah that's a good that's point. that's honestly where i fall on that i think yeah so let's let's talk about this next guy here, and you know where you said Dalton Kincaid was was tough to evaluate for you. I think for sure. me, Luke Musgrave was kind of really hard to evaluate because I've got him at yeah, four. You've got him as your two here uh, in this class, and I see it. I can see the athleticism. He was a track star in high school. Um, I see the the massive catch radius when he plays. You know, he's a, he's huge. He's, he's a huge. Six foot guy. six, two fifty. So like, I can see the the path to success, but I just haven't seen it because we really can't yeah. see it because there's yeah. not as there's not a lot to look at. So I only had fifteen career starts. Yeah, I yeah I, I even I have thirteen here. So but. Well, he yeah, played two. Just, he played two games last year. But <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, but it's I want to see Luke Musgrave go out and do everything at the combine. You know, some guys yeah. they they don't do anything. They kind of hold back a little bit, and Luke Musgrave might not because he's kind of one of these top guys getting projected. You know, you can see him fluctuate between the the two to the four. So I don't know if he's going to do a whole lot, but I want to see him do a lot because I just want to know kind of what he can do and and what the NFL thinks of him. Because if we're getting a green light from the NFL saying everyone thinks this guy's going to be great, I'll hop on board because I, I do see it. But it's just I, I'm a little uneasy because maybe there's some other stuff we haven't seen that kind of is a negative. But 
for me that's it was just a little hard to to give a full complete evaluation on this guy that that I haven't seen too much of but I'll I'll let you talk about why he's sure yeah 100% for me it it does come back to athleticism I think he's going to post post a crazy high RAS at the combine uh, again, I think he's. I think he's going to run a, a four, uh, in the low four fives at the combine. Uh, he, you know, on his tape, and I, I, granted, he has two games of tape from last year, you know, but he's incredible at tracking the deep ball. I mean, those two games he dominated. The two games that you see, he's like the entire offense is revolving around this guy. I mean, he dominates on the deep ball. Great ball catching, great catch radius. I have, so I have that on here too. Like you said, huge catch radius. Um, good focus, good hands. Uh, he's a high-graded blocker, and he has a, he has an NFL pedigree too. His dad is a longtime defensive coordinator in the NFL, so he he's somebody that NFL teams I think are going to trust because of that. Because he's got the NFL relationships, so I think people will be willing to take the risk on him because of that. Um, really, I'm just very excited about the upside here, and, and to me, it, it it's like a little bit of what we saw last year, right? I, we've seen this a lot in previous drafts as well. Um, I'm talking rookie dynasty drafts where you've got kind of a locked and loaded number one tight end prospect, and then maybe there's a number two prospect. But in, in my mind, oftentimes that number two prospect has fallen short of expectations. I mean, think of Brevin Jordan a couple of years ago. He turned out to be an absolute bust. Yeah. Uh, trust me, I know as, <laughs> as a Texans fan. He's, I don't think he's, I mean, he's going to be, He's not going to be the starter for the Texans anytime soon, you know. Uh, so he's a bust. I think I can't even tell you who the second prospect was after McBride last year. Um, it wasn't Dulcich though. It who was going fun. after McBride? That is, I yeah, that's tough. I don't, I don't even remember. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll look I'll, it up. I'll look it up while you. Okay, can. you look it up. Um, but it's but it's like that second so that's kind of you know a reason why I've why I'm lower on Kincaid is probably because of that. Um, but Musgrave to me he's like the dulcich of this class, right? The the late third round guy with the just popping off the screen athleticism and speed, and he's bigger than Dulcich too. So I think his upside is even higher. I get really excited watching Musgrave, thinking about the possibilities with him. He's somebody I'm going to be targeting for sure. Yeah, it looks here. Uh... Jelani Woods. Ah, uh, Jelani Woods. Okay. Jelani Woods, Greg Dulcich, Jeremy Ruckert were the top four yeah. guys taken in the third round. Yeah, so Woods has been okay, you know, but uh, but I guess there was no clear number two prospect. In I, I mean, I would I would round. honestly say that McBride was the the kind of bust prospect. You know, it's sure in terms sure. of I, I think McBride. Um, I mean, we, we might talk about buy lows, sell highs at some point. I do think McBride's a little bit of a buy low. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, compared to Dulcich, absolutely. Yeah, I, Dulcich, Just compared to expectations, the top. I would say. Yeah, so. definitely. I think probably Bellinger looked better than Dulcich, than McBride. Yeah, Dulcich looked say. better than McBride. So, yeah, definitely compared to expectations, he's more of a bust. So, um, And that's I, the reason I bring that up is because I, I think that I've learned – and we've talked about this before when we've done mock drafts, but I've learned to kind of find a late-round tight end guy that I really like and target him in drafts because there's so much value to be had there. Yeah. So Musgrave, to me, that's why he's high in my ranks. He's the guy I'm going to be targeting. Yeah. Well, him and this next guy, maybe. Yeah, I could fully see it, but 
This next guy is is definitely going to be that guy for no, me. I'm not going to get him away from you, probably. <laughs> yeah, listen. You've got him a little higher than a, me. As the the predetermined tight end whisperer from last year's two hits. Yeah, right? you you were right last year. So I got you know, Dolcich maybe I and I got Oconquo. Those were two of my guys going into the draft, and yep. And I like both the landing spots, and and I think they turned out pretty well. They look pretty good for fantasy right now. We'll see how they do this year, but but this guy, I'm going to put my stamp on him here. Tucker Craft is our number two tight end. I've got him at two. You've got him at three. And, man, I just think Tucker Craft is kind of like the... Is the what you have seen version of Luke Musgrave. Maybe not as big, not sure, as, sure. Yeah. you know, good. I mean, he's pretty big. He's 6'5", 250. So he's he, he, is, he is big as well. But yeah. I think he plays with a, a level of physicality that... Oh yeah, that we haven't yeah. really seen from these previous guys that we've talked about. You know, I think obviously now Michael Mayer is our number one. So I think Michael Mayer plays with that same with a little bit more intensity. But I see this also in Tucker Craft's game, and he is a, a fairly athletic uh, player, and he's also really good after the catch. So I, I like to see these these tight ends who once they have the ball in their hand, what can they do after? Because that's if you're a tight end, you're gonna get some of those dump offs, the the little little passes. Can you make guys miss? Can you can mm-hmm. you kind of bounce off blocks? And when I look at Tucker Craft's game, that's what I see. And in terms of some of the weaknesses, he's got a little bit of a drop problem. I don't think it's terrible, yeah. but it's just something to note. And you know, you do have to acknowledge that the weak competition he played against, you know, at South uh-huh. Dakota. So could that be one of the reasons why I don't think so, you know, we've seen it like uh, just an example, Dallas Goddard came out of South Dakota, you know, he played pretty well, played pretty well in the NFL too. So I, I don't think competition is like a be all end all and why you should stay away from someone just because they're playing well, you know, if it's worse competition. Uh, I But I just from what I've seen in Tucker Craft and his season uh, got ended a little early with an ankle injury. Uh, this past year or so he's had he had a little bit more to play though than Musgrave in terms of putting on tape but but yeah I really like Kraft I think just an overall well well balanced player who if he goes to the right spot I'm definitely going to be looking to get in that that early third mid third round yeah I 100% agree I the number one thing I saw was his yards after the catch I mean he is a beast after the catch he's elusive he is impossible to tackle he's running over guys you know now like you said it's hard to evaluate what of that is fcs competition and what is ability but i mean i mean he looks he looks elusive for a big guy I mean, he, and he's he's not just tall he's pretty thick too yeah. and this guy is he, he's got some moves in the open field so that was what I loved the most about him was the yards after catch ability. I thought he was just he was fantastic after the catch. Um, whereas Musgrave is really kind of a deep ball uh, yeah. type of guy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so totally agree there. I thought he was a, a beast in the trenches and aggressive blocker is what I have written down. I mean, just going after guys. So I think he's going to be a big weapon there. I don't think he's going to be a liability. Mm-hmm. So that we like to see that again. We want to see. Ultimately, this is fantasy, so we're looking for pass-catching weapons, but we want to see... We want to see opportunity. Good, yeah, we want to see opportunity, exactly. We want to see something that keeps these guys on the field. 
So I love Tucker Craft too. Obviously, I'm just a little bit lower than him on him than you. You know, probably lower enough that you're going to get him more than me in our rookie drafts. But uh, but I did love what I saw of Tucker Craft. Yeah, and just like you said with the his frame, you know, he he's got that wide body at the top, and then he's got the, yeah. the thick leg. You know, it's it's just everything you want out of a tight end that can you know take the blocks also be a, a great pass catcher so i just overall man i really really hoping i hit again because tucker craft is definitely going to be a guy i'm looking at in the third round probably going to be one of the the big targets especially with a little bit of a weaker wide receiver class where normally that's where you take your shot on receivers and the running backs are where you go in round one and two so i think tight end yeah, is gonna be no, a, a good third round a target point. this year like with the way this class is working out, there's there's those first round guys for wide receiver, and there's we probably have our choice of who we're targeting there, you know. Yeah. But then, like in kind of that mid second round, I'm gonna be hammering running back because it's like mm-hmm. the running back depth is so good. I'm gonna be looking at running back in the second, maybe late second. I'll snag a, a wide receiver I like, and then third, I'm looking at tight end. Yeah. So it's like. I really am probably going to be skipping over that whole like middle part of the wide receiver draft class. Yeah, exactly. You know, unless you get like a really good shot at Zay Flowers or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, completely agreed. All right, moving on now to the, to what I would say is the the overall consensus one in terms of everyone's board for the most part. You know, when you look at Michael Mayer's tape, you know, you switch it on and you you just see a guy that's hard to go wrong with, you know, whoever drafts Michael Mayer is going to get a, just an, an amazing player who's got an unbelievably high floor. In my opinion, you know, I think he's got decent upside. Uh, his overall athleticism maybe isn't as good as some of these other guys in the class, but I mean, just in terms of everything else, his route running, mm-hmm. you know, his toughness, his physicality, just, the, the same thing where he can make those guys miss when he has the ball just because of how tough he is. You know, in terms of run blocking, this guy is a mauler. He will he will search out the run blocking because that's, that's just how much he likes that physicality in his game. So it, it's just a, a very complete prospect here. And yeah. definitely going to be interesting where he goes because I, I mean... I love the landing spot of LA. You know, we just did our our mock oh, yeah. not too long ago, and you know he went to the Chargers, and I think that's an incredible spot for him. So if he gets one of these juicy spots, how high will he go? Can he sneak into the first round? Because I'd say right right now he's probably like the the start of the second. You know, he's an early second kind of guy, maybe late mm-hmm. first. But but yeah, I, I definitely I'm I'm interested to see where he goes this year because because this is a really good prospect, and I think. Like a guy like Pat Fryermuth is someone with like a, a pretty decent floor, maybe not the highest ceiling in terms of just what you're going to get out of fantasy. That could be, you know, in the cards for him. And, and I could see Michael Mayer, you know, being a long-term player on your dynasty roster. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, I, I totally agree with the high floor. My like floor comp for him is like a Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Um but then I would say I, I honestly think his ceiling is like Mark, uh, Mark Andrews. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that he, you know, if you, so the, probably the biggest knock against Michael Mayer is his, his athletic score is probably going to be lower than most of these guys. He's, he's not quite as athletic. Um, and, but I mean, neither really was Mark Andrews coming in the NFL. Like, yeah. He was also kind of a lower athletic score type guy and he's really found success. So I think that Michael Mayer could be, he could be that guy. I think he has that ceiling. But then I agree. I think his four is probably a Cole Komet, Pat Fryer move. I think he's, you know, is is as long as he lands in the right situation. I I agree with all a lot of what you're saying. I think his number one ability is just a nose for the end zone, man. I mean, mm-hmm. the his route running ability in the red zone, his ability to get open in the red zone is really special. And so I think that he's going to get a lot of touchdowns in the NFL. That's something you really want with a tight end. I mean, he's. He is just really, really, really good in the red zone. So, um, yeah, so that's 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 what just popped off on the tape to me. Um, he does have some focus drops from time to time, a little bit slow, like I said. So those are really my only concerns. That's why I think that's what would bring him down to kind of a Cole Komet 4 to me, you know, is just not being particularly athletic. But... Uh, but if he can kind of get over that, and and which he she sh- showed in college, honestly, he showed an ability to make use of the tools that he has in college. So, mm. yeah, and I mean, I'd be the, excited about the upside. The the Mark Andrews ceiling comp is, is interesting. I I agree in terms of what Mark Andrews does is he gets that high volume, and his nose for the end zone is really kind of what what caps it off for him. And Michael Mayer does have that red zone prowess and. And of all these guys, in terms of getting a high volume and, and target share in, in an offense, Michael Mayer is definitely the the number one yeah, guy in this class who can definitely. do it. So, and I think with like a landing spot like the Chargers, that that's possible, right? Yeah. If he lands with the Chargers, they move on from Keenan Allen, they move on from Mike Williams. I mean, you could. I I would not be surprised to see an offense that revolves around. Michael Mayer, similar to how the Ravens revolve around Mark Andrews. Yeah. Um, right? I mean, I, I would not be at all surprised by that in that landing spot. Now, if he goes to some place like the Packers, I'm probably going to be backing off a little bit. I probably would not be as excited to draft him. Yeah, and I, I agree, too. It's I mean, Which he, is probably the, the most mocked landing spot. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, with the, the quarterback situation, you know, a little bit more murky there. Right, just because it's Jordan Love. And I think that, honestly, I think that offense is going to revolve around Christian Watson as much as you don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah, he, he, was, he was. He You know, he kind of shut me up a little bit there <laughs> in, the, in the back half of the season. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Turns out. Turns out. But... That'll... Hey, but that happens. We're we're humble. Exactly. Right? You know what? I, I took an show. L. I took an L there. I said I was wrong. You know, one hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit it. You know. <laughs> but well, I hopefully we're not going to be seeing David Bell go out and, and torch the world. Oh God! <laughs> no. I I hope but, not. Jeez, but... I've already dropped him everywhere. So yeah. I really hope not. <laughs> yeah. So. Giving up on him. But that that is gonna wrap up our player evaluations for this 2023 class and but once again definitely not going to be stopping updating our rankings and we will let you know we're just getting started yeah exactly this this is the foundation you know this isn't the finished house you know we're going to be building upon this you know the more information we get after the combine and and, you know just leading up to the draft you know after the draft all these landing spots 
you know, that's where we'll we'll add more and we'll keep you guys updated. So for now, we finally got all, all four core special positions done. And, uh, and that's going to do it. We've got the Combine episode coming up next. That'll be fun. But uh, make sure to uh, like, subscribe, follow us, you know, do all that fun stuff. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, you know, drop any of your questions there. The mm-hmm. Dynasty Pod at the Dynasty Pod FF. We've also got a voice line that you can leave uh, voicemails and we will listen to those on the show. So you have a number for that, Sam? Yeah, you can call us at. Well, I can never remember if it's 856 or 853, the, the, the D-Pod. So if you give, me, give me one second. But it's, uh, but yeah, you can always call us 856, the D-Pod. Um, that's 856-843-3763. So call us, leave us a voicemail there. Uh, have a, we haven't gotten a voicemail in a while, so we'd love to, you know, play one on the, on the pod. Um, also, you can leave a comment on YouTube and we'll respond to that as well. Maybe we can yep. answer some questions in the comments on YouTube. Um, so love just some interaction from you guys if you have any thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks for watching and peace out.